Darkcast Network. Welcome to the dark side of podcasts. You can listen to your friends. You can listen to your mama. But the one thing you definitely should be listening to is your body. Because your body will never lie to you. Hello and welcome to True Crime Connections, a community that builds hope by talking with real people about real shit. I'm Tiffany, your host, and this week we are talking with Dee Hurley. She's not only here to share her story of surviving narcissistic marriage, but she's also here to share her knowledge on being an emotion code and body code practitioner. You are not going to want to miss this. Hi, Dean. Thank you for being here. I really appreciate it. Hi, thank you for having me here. Of course. So you took the narc way as well, huh? Oh, yeah. I guess that's a rite of passage somewhere, huh? (laughs) It feels that way. Yeah, I wish I could have edited that part out of my life. But yes, I did. It was traumatic. (laughs) You were actually married, though, right? Yeah, 11 and a half years. That's a long time. Yes, it was. Yeah. But I was trying to find a way out of it. Most of it. I really was. Most of it. (laughs) Right. No, I mean, I'm sure you were. So Mm -hmm. I'm intrigued. What is it exactly that you do? So I do emotion code and body code. And I also use a device. I, I have it running right now. It's a little frequency scanner. It's really is just an app you can put on your phone or your MacBook, whatever you have. You just open it up like an app and it scans your body and it broadcasts frequencies back, custom frequencies designed to help your balance, your body rebalance, whatever's out of alignment. So it's since, you know, everything's energy and frequency and I've been learning about this. And one of my friends showed this to me and I was like, okay, I got to have that. That is so cool. Like, <laughs> Yeah. It yeah, I've never heard of that app. So that's that's amazing. What does it do? Well, it it's kind of like a CAT scan or an X-ray. If you if you go to the doctor and, and you have ever had one of those, it'll show everything in your body. Like it'll look through you like electrically and see what's out of balance. It's just like being able to do that from your phone. It's the same thing as that kind of, but you're not going in and having to have it done because it's it's like the radio waves bounce off your body. And it can tell which organs and cells or whatever is vibrating at the right frequency and which ones are kind of low frequency. So that's how it knows that something's not working at the optimal level. And then it gives you the frequency that it needs to direct back into that area of the body so that it'll align right. And it's magic. (laughs) It's crazy. No shit. That's freaking cool. People are shocked when they look at it. They're like, Like I've heard so many things like I was just at the doctor and they told me there was something there. How did it know that? Like I wasn't even at your house. And I'm like, it's, it's energy. Everything's connected and we're all connected. And it's, it's kind of like making a phone call. You don't see the energy waves going through. You don't see that connection, but it's just happening, happening through the airwaves. It's being broadcast. So it knows which number to dial And it's kind of the same thing. Once you make a profile, your body has an energy frequency that makes up who you are. So it can find your frequency, your personal frequency and go, okay, this is what needs to be corrected to make this function better. Yeah. It's a wild technology. It's been around for a while, but like, we're just now finding out about this. Like so many other things. Oh, for sure. (laughs) I mean, in the last, I want to say, 10 years, like mental health and abuse and everything has really started to come to the front and it's important. We're finally having important conversations. Yeah. And now we can do that. Isn't that amazing? Like, okay. So, um, my oldest daughter's 21. I went through a divorce with her too. So this was not my first rodeo. And this was in Colorado Springs. I was young, had my first baby. I was a year old. She was a year old when I divorced. And I remember going to court and trying, I I had secretly left because I was afraid my ex at that time was going to kill me. I really was. 
he almost did. I ha- I still have damage from my neck from him choking me, and it still shows up in X-rays all these years later. But I had snuck out when it got my daughter and moved back home to some family where I felt safe, and I was ordered to go back to court, you know, to to follow up for the um the divorce. And the judge reprimanded me, and I got in so much trouble for leaving. He was like, "You can't do that." you know, you should have stayed here. And he said, you know, since you moved to another state with your baby and you fled, you know, you're going to have to be the one who does all the communicating and the transporting of the child. And I had to drive back and forth in the snow with a baby who was breastfeeding to make sure she had frequent continuing visits with this person that I was scared to death of. And I was just shocked when I showed him all the evidence and the things he had done and why I was afraid of him. His own family was afraid of him. And the judge just laughed it off and said, I don't want to hear about it. You know, he's in the Air Force. He's in the military. He must be a good guy. I'm like, are you kidding me right here? <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> and I had nobody to talk to back then. You know, I thought, is this like normal? Does this happen to everybody or was this just me? And now I'm finding out, you know, I went through another divorce. Of course, I, I continued the pattern of finding another person who was abusive. I'm out of that now. But yeah, that was happening to me. And when I went through the divorce with him, the judge was like, oh, you're an assistant principal at a high school. You must be a really good father. What is the deal with these judges thinking that just because someone has a good job, it makes them a good parent? You know, ignore all the things that he did to my kids. Ignore the fact that they were scared to death and didn't want to see him. Ignore everything. He must be a good father because he has a really good job. And he was calling suicide hotlines when I left him. And... I was scared for his mental stability and didn't want to take my kids over there until I had a full court order. And the judge was like, congratulations, you did the right thing. You were calling the right people. You know, that's what a good, healthy person does. And I'm like, I don't know how many moms I have talked to in domestic violence advocacy groups who just whispered, whispered they might be suicidal, who have lost full custody of their kids and haven't seen them for years. But my ex got full custody, full custody of our kids handed to him. Because I might have been a parental alienator, you know, the magic word. You must have alienated your kids from him. That's why they don't want to see him. That must be, that's got to be the only thing that, you know, the only thing that can happen here when a child doesn't want to be with his father, right? (laughs) Craziness. Wow. Absolutely. Especially when a child reaches a certain age, they're not stupid anymore. They pick up the signs. They pick up the energy, they pick up on all of that and they decide what they think is safe and what is not safe. And Mm -hmm. shame on those judges because they needed to do their homework. They're not educated. Uh, Or else they are and they're just turning a blind eye to it and going, you know, this one has more money or it just feels like a lot of favoritism. And it really is. And there's a lot of people out there now speaking out about it. It's like, this isn't an accident. And I'm so glad that we can all talk out about this now and this coming to our awareness that we have so many wonderful social media platforms we can get on and go, hey, we need to hold these judges accountable. We really do. There's got to be something done because the children are the ones that are suffering. And I see so many people every day. I see the posts and this, the crimes, the babies that have been killed, the mothers that have been killed, the judges who have just ignored the signs. Why, why is nothing being done about this? Like, this is a a travesty in our country, especially in America. You think you're so free and we have so many rights. What's wrong with us? Why are women still afraid of leaving a partner? Why are we still living in fear of how, how am I going to get away? And if I do, I'm just going to be ordered to have continuing contact with that person. It's scary. Oh, it's very scary because Obviously, the law's not on your side. Not always. I mean, there's so many times people beg the judges not to do something, and then they do it. And then just for days later, it usually backfires in their face. But nothing gets done about it. Or they might all of a sudden just decide that they're going to resign. Like, (laughs) Right, right. They can do that. They have people watching out for them. I I think that's really what's going on. <laughs> so frustrating. It's like, no, they don't resign. Like, throw their ass in there for a little bit. See how well they do. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that would be nice. Yeah. 
if people go through this system, they wind up having PTSD from the dang system that they thought was supposed to protect them. It's supposed to be set up to protect us, but really, honestly, it is just the opposite. It is set up to protect the criminals. The criminals have more rights in our court system than the innocent. And we have so much further to go to to prove that there was damage done. You know, they just automatically want to say it's a lie or something. They, it's over like 95% or something. It's a great number when they've actually looked into it. Of the people who have said there was domestic violence who were really telling the truth. And then they just ignore those facts. <laughs> well, unfortunately, it's the women who lie that end up painting all of us as liars. And anyone who is listening today, and you have pulled one of those stunts, you need to realize how important it is and that you're changing other people's lives for the worse because they don't want to believe because you lied about something like that. It's not something you can take lightly. It's not something you do. You know, you should never, ever, 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 ever lie on a person that did something that they didn't do. So unfortunately there are people out there like that. Yeah. So I understand, but I do feel like in certain cases, you you should definitely be found guilty until proven innocent. Yeah, that would be nice because these are children's lives, you know, in these certain circumstances. It's the children that are going to have to suffer if they're wrong. And it's not right to put so much of that on them, you know. Exactly. You got to give children a voice, too. Yeah. Yeah, my kids were afraid and and like the first court mediator was like they they want they need to be with their mom that this one was hurt by his dad the dad had threatened to kill him threatened to bash his skull in he was scared of his dad and he wanted to give full custody to me and at the time you know my ex was sending me love letters trying to get me to come back love bombing me saying what a great mom I was please come back and I was just done. I had left several times before. And and this time I was like, it's for good. I'm not going back. I don't believe you anymore. I don't trust you anymore. You know, I, and after he hurt my son, it was like the last straw. And I was like, I'm done. So he, this was retaliation. He's, he saw that I was going to leave and and have the kids. So all, what he did was hire a big attorney. And then he said that I was the one that was abusive. I was a bad person and he wanted our kids back. I was alienating the kids. You know, this is his story now. And I'm like, it's just complete retaliation. And the judges don't see that. They just wanted, they just wanted to hear his story. And then from then on, it was like, everything he said was the truth. And everything I said was just made up fabricated stuff. And I thought, this is crazy. They can't see, like, they really can't see that this is retaliation. I mean, he was trying to get me to come home saying what a good mom I am. But now all of a sudden I'm the abuser a year later. And you're just going to buy this story, this made up stuff. It was shocking. And I'm like, these judges, they can't be that stupid. Come on. They, they can't be. They have to see this. It was just this is money. Oh, yeah. Everything is around money for yeah. sure. Did you disclose that? Like, did you have printouts and everything of the text messages and all that? Oh everything. I had everything laid out there and they just ignored it. And I was shocked. And, and then finding out, you know, that this is really about whoever has the most money and they want to keep things going in the court, six years of litigation abuse back and forth. I'm I'm in court like every other month and the havoc that it plays on your mind, you mentally and kids having to deal with that. There's a point where you just go, you know what? I just, whatever, just do it. Take it. I don't want to go back. I don't want to put my kids through this. But at the same time, you feel guilty because you're like, I got to protect them. I got to do all that I can. I want to be that mom who says I never stopped. I don't want my kids to think that I ever gave up trying to fight for their protection. You know, and then and then my son actually wound up turning and flipping because his dad bought him a motorcycle. He bought him computers. He bought him cell phones. He bought him a Ford Mustang convertible. He bought him everything he wanted. And my son was so set up and just. And mom couldn't do those things. Mom has spent all her money on attorneys. He had friends in high places, family helping him, friends helping him, and started using my kids as weapons and made them mad at me. Mom destroyed the family. Mom did this. She's the one who left. Oh, woe is me crying. And, and, you know, my son then started feeling guilty for his dad. And 
And I, you know, I understood it because my son wanted his dad's approval and all those years of the put downs and yelling at him. He just wanted his dad's love. And I understood why he felt like he needed to choose sides and pick the person that was hurting him because he felt like there was nothing I could do. He saw that I, I wasn't going to be able to protect him. You know, they go with the alpha male. And I, I finally just told my son, you know what? Why don't you just go stay with your dad? Because, you know, you're starting to yell at me like your dad does and behave like him. And I can see it's really stressing you out. And I never want to put you in a position where you feel like you have to choose a parent. I never wanted to do that to my kids. And I said, why don't you just go stay with your dad? Because I, I don't want to do this to you. I don't want to put you through this. And it hurt him. It, but he he went. And I think it took the pressure off of him of having to feel like, you know, he has to side. There was turmoil going on. And now he's he's upset at me. And I have to take that, that he's mad at me. But I'm hoping that one day he'll be older and he'll see and he'll be like, I understand why you did it, mom. That was hard. <laughs> How old is he? He's 17 now. Yeah. Give him a couple more years. He'll get there. He'll get there. It's never a child's obligation to have to choose a parent. You're supposed to love both of your parents unconditionally. For one parent to play another parent just goes to show you right there how manipulative and evil somebody can really be. Because he knew what he was doing. Oh, he totally did. The stupid little mind games and manipulation. And I figured, you know, as an administrator at a high school, they kind of train you to know how to talk to kids, talk them into doing things they don't want to do. He knew exactly how to manipulate his mind. And oh my gosh. And then it's starting to happen with my daughter. She's 11 and I'm seeing already little things. You know, the comments throughout the years that I've heard is mom is dumb. Mom is stupid. Mom didn't have a college degree like me. So you can't listen to her. And those were the things that were repeated by my son. And and I was, you can't fight that. And I just thought, kids look at their parents and they, they it kind of determines on how they feel about themselves because they see themselves in their parents. And I never wanted to say anything bad about his dad because I thought this is going to hurt his self-esteem. And it just frustrated the hell out of me that it was happening all the time that he thought his mom was stupid or that she wasn't as smart as dad. And I know that's going to affect my kids' self-esteem, who they think they are, because they see themselves and their parents. And that ticks me off. (laughs) Just not for me. Just do it for the kids, at least. Can you just say good things for the kids? Because they don't need to hear it. Or don't say anything at all. I know. There's no reason for it. All it does is hurt the kids. And this is what narcissists don't care about. They don't care how it's going to affect them. All they care is about how they feel. They can't put their kids' needs before them. And why can't you think about what this is doing to the kids? Because it's all about them. It is. It's me, 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 me. I mean, I spent over $200,000 on attorneys. And I'm thinking, boy, that could have went a long way for a college for my kids, for their future. Instead That's of having- a house. <laughs> yeah. And I'm still paying attorneys, still paying attorneys. And I wonder how much he spent. It's like these judges and courts make so much off of you. That's why they keep it all going here. Yeah, let's come back. Come back to court. Pay your attorney. And they walk away with a big smile. The families are destroyed. They're just making bank off of us. <laughs> I, right. I don't have an attorney now. Now I'm representing myself. I finally learned the game. Go and represent yourself. <laughs> Just leave the middleman out. Yeah. Well, yeah, you're going to make sure that everything that you want to get said is said and done. And as long as you do your research, um, I tried to represent myself once and um, I failed because <laughs> I didn't realize I had to disclose like all the financial information even though the judge read me all the freaking financial information, but the fact that I didn't submit it, I was like, you've got to be freaking kidding me. This is the stuff we should be educated in. I'll go to educated in this before we leave high school. That things ways to protect ourselves. No, for sure. And he even told, you know, my son's father, like if she would have done this correctly, you would have been gone. Are, are you fucking kidding me? Because <laughs> like, I didn't add info that you have in your hands right now. You, you mean that stuff? <laughs> like, 
I can't. Can't win. <laughs> no. Every Monday, join us at It's an Inside Job, your essential podcast for resilience and well-being. Dive deep into the art and science of transforming life's challenges into stepping stones. Learn from personal narratives and expert insights, building your inner strengths from the ground up. Discover that mastering well-being and navigating life's hurdles is indeed an inside job. So tune in, grow, transform. Together, let's make every Monday a milestone in our journey of empowerment. So subscribe to It's an Inside Job, where your path to resilience begins. Hello, my name is DJ, and I'm the host of the Mythical True Crime Podcast. Join me and the Darkcast Network of indie podcast creators as we delve into the mysterious and the macabre, exploring captivating tales of true crime, legends, and unsolved mysteries from the realms of mythology and reality. Uncover the dark true tales of modern legends with our spoken narratives that blend history, crime, and the supernatural. Just starting Season 3, you can listen to the newest episodes every other week, as well as all my backlog episodes on anywhere you can listen to your podcasts. So within this journey, when did you decide that it's time for me to learn self-healing? It it was like when I finally had decided that enough is enough. And I saw my son, you know, what happened to my son. um, It was really bad. I decided, you know what? I have spent long enough trying to fix this situation. And I feel like I'm the only one doing it. And it takes two. And you can't make somebody else happy. Why did it take me so long to figure that out? You cannot make somebody else happy if they do not want to be happy. You're going to waste your time. And a a good friend of mine sent me a book called The Emotion Code. And she also sent me a book called Divorcing a Narcissist or How to Divorce a Narcissist, something like that by Tina Swithin. That's when I knew that I was dealing with a narcissist. I read the book and I'm like, holy crap, she knows who I'm living with. Is she looking at my home? Like, (laughs) it's my mind. So I finally had a label for it and it felt good just having a label for something because they have a playbook. It was like everything she said is exactly what he did. Like right after I left, he contacts all my friends and family behind my back, tries to turn them to his side. They already knew, you know, but everything was in there. I couldn't believe it. Um, But I read um, the emotion code and that's life changing. You've got to get that book if you haven't read it. That changed my life. I've never even heard of it. So good. Dr. Bradley Nelson. He was a chiropractor and he discovered that you can muscle test the body to find trapped emotions. So like you can muscle test with kinesiology. You know how they hold their hand up and you push down and you get a yes answer or no answer. Cause if the body, it feels true and it resonates as a truth to this person, the body is stronger and you can push on them and they'll resist and they'll, they'll keep their strength. But if you say something that's a lie, like, hey, my name is Bob, and you push down on their arm, it's just going to fall because it's not a truth to the person. So the body can't lie. It's just it holds to that. So he found out through kinesiology that you can actually ask the body, the subconscious, if you have a trapped emotion. And you can identify when did you get this trapped emotion? Did you get it at age 20? Did you get it before? You know, then you identify where the trapped emotion is. And then you ask the subconscious, are you ready to release this emotion now? And when you get a yes answer, you let it go. You let it go. And you can have layers and layers and layers of trapped emotions that have caused, you know, throughout your life, the traumas that you've went through have stuck in your body. And, and he says, it's okay to have those emotions. It's fine. You have to go through them. You have to go through the anger. You have to go through, you know, the guilt, the shame, whatever it is you had to experience, you did, but you have to process it correctly. So it leaves the body where we, where we mess up is when we hold on to that stuff too long and it starts causing damage to the body. Like the, the cancer, like grief is usually found in the lungs. You know, all these emotions get trapped somewhere in the body. And people hold on to them. But once you release them, the body can start healing and letting go because it's a low vibration energy. Every single emotion is an energy. And they vib- the lower vibration emotions vibrate, you know, like um, pain and guilt. Shame is the lowest one on the scale. 
So if a person has a lot of shame in their body, they're going to be, you know, they're going to have a lot of physical ailments going on too. It, it just goes with the course. And I, I don't know how many times I heard my doctor say, stress is the number one killer. You need to get out of whatever environment you're in. Cause I had everything. <clears throat> I really was, I was falling apart and I didn't know why. And it was the stress. I had neuropathy. I had IBS. I had um, acid reflux constantly was taking medication for ulcers, awful, debilitating ulcers. I was in the emergency room a couple of times with it. Um, I can't even tell you, I, the list goes on. I was up all night. I couldn't sleep. I had so many things going on. I thought I was falling apart and I was young. I was going through all this and it was the stress of the environment I was in. When I got out and I started doing the emotion code work on myself and filed for divorce, everything turned around. My whole life changed. I was like, whoa, I feel good. And then I started noticing, okay, my neuropathy is gone. I, I haven't been taking my medicine. My ulcers are gone. Everything started clearing up and healing in my body. I wasn't taking medication anymore. The stress left. It, I could sleep through the night peacefully. <laughs> it was everything changed. In life What's changed. that like? <laughs> it's a whole different level. <laughs> I got to get this book. <laughs> it's cool. And now he has one called the body code. And I got certified in both of those. Cause I said, this is stuff I got to share with everybody. My, everybody around me was like, something is different about you. What did you do? So I started telling them and then they wanted me to work on them. So I got certified to do emotion code and body code and body code goes a little deeper. Like you can muscle test and find out you can ask, like, is your liver happy? Is your, you know, your heart happy? Everything. And then you can get real nitty picky and start asking, like, is there a certain vitamin you need to take to make your body happy? And you go through the list and it's all in this app. And you go. So now I do sessions on people and you can do it over Zoom or FaceTime or, or they can come see you. But it doesn't matter. You can you can do a texting session as long as they give permission for you to muscle test them. You can do it anywhere in the world and you can muscle test by proxy. That really was cool when I found this out. So you ask the person, do I have permission to ask questions of your subconscious by proxy? As long as a person says yes, you can muscle test on your own body for them. What? Yes. Yeah. And it's science has proved it too. It's not woo-woo. This is really, it is, it is a fact. So he does this test. Um, Whenever I was taking the classes, he does this test too. It's really cool. He had he did these um, demonstrations with like an audience and he would have somebody stand up in the audience that, with her back like to the audience and he would ask questions like, um, I want everybody in the audience to send good love and vibrations to this person and she's not going to know it. But whenever I put my thumb up like this, I want you to send love and good vibrations to her and good thoughts. And he had her hold her hand out and he would start muscle testing her. And when they were doing that, her hand was really strong. And then he said, when I put my hand down behind her back, she's not going to see this, send like hateful emotions or say, you know, something bad, like bad energy towards her. And every time that he would put his finger down and try to push her arm, it would just fall right down. And she didn't know. She couldn't see what they were doing. Energy is real. And it doesn't matter where you are. You can be sending vibes to people and they can really pick up from this stuff. People really do notice vibes and they pick up vibes wherever you are. So I'm really careful about what I say, what I speak over people, because it's true. Words are powerful. And and there's a lot of science now, you know, coming out. Nick was a, the doctor Japan, you know, speaking over the water and the cell, the crystals formed. And there's a lot of science proving it, that our words are powerful. You got to be careful what you're speaking. So <laughs> yeah, words become things. They really do. Or thoughts become things. There we go. <laughs> yeah, it starts right there in our subconscious. And we can do it to our own body, speaking negatively of our own body. Yeah. So that's another thing that we find through muscle testing. You can find out if people have a belief that they've been holding on to that is causing problems in their life. And you can release this belief and then it's mind <laughs> blowing. <laughs> Oh I got my God. Stuff, the energy healing. That's why I got the tools, everything that has to do with frequency, energy. I'm all about it. Like, yeah, got to have it. <laughs> that is so interesting and inspiring. 
How yeah. long does a session usually last? They're about 30 minutes, 30, 45 minutes, depending on how many questions they ask. And I do a lot by Zoom or FaceTime so they can see the first time that I'm working on them because I love just seeing the reaction. They're like, whoa, like I knew that was there. Whoa. <laughs> it is my boy. Yeah. Because we hide things from ourselves too. So sometimes I'll have somebody else work on me and and get things pulled out. And I'm like, yep, yep, that's true. I needed to get rid of that. Like, we all need to do it. We could all benefit from it. And again, why don't we teach this stuff to kids? <laughs> For real. That's what I said. Like, I think, especially even like middle school would be a good time to start kind of introducing this kind of stuff to kids because that's really when your bad influences start coming in and kids get meaner as they get older, you know? So it's just, it could help with so many things. And if when they go home, they're going home to something that's horrible, you know, hopefully it will help them relax or be able to overcome it. I don't know. That would be so, so nice. Yeah, other cultures um, have used this kind of stuff and have taught it to their children. I'm like, why don't we teach this to emotional regulation? Regulate your emotions with energy healing and find your peace and your calm inside and so you don't damage your body. There's there's so much healing that needs to be done in the world. <laughs> well, hurt people hurt people. So mm-hmm. we need to heal the hurt so we have less people out there wanting to shoot up schools and malls and concerts and, you know, every place that we like to go. <laughs> It's weird how there are some that go out there and they wind up getting hurt people that wind up getting worse and they want to inflict that on someone else. And then there's others who go the opposite, who start having more empathy for others. And all they want to do is heal people and fix things. It's like, but you never know which way they're going to go. Like, <laughs> right. I mean, the next thing you know, your kid's Ted Bundy. I don't know. So it's so important. Like you do, you have to get real with yourself. I mean, let's be honest, pretty much everybody's been through some shit, especially by age. I'm going to say 21. (laughs) I think you've been through some shit already. And you know, it's just about learning yourself, your body, your body's telling you things like I have been tense for, I can't tell you how long. And it took me a long time to realize that my body just tenses up for no reason. And I'll be sitting there and I'm like, relax, sister, you know, like, what the heck? But that's just trapped emotions. Yeah. Yeah. And you might be able to recall at some point where it first started. And there might have been some trauma at that time that contributed to it that your subconscious remembers. Maybe you don't even remember it, but your subconscious will go, oh, it was this thing, this incident at this age that happened. And then you started having this and, and then you'll start connecting the dots. Uh-huh, it's making sense now. <laughs> it, it's been forever. I couldn't tell you when it started, but it's been here for far too long. <laughs> Time to go. I need to do a session on you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> How long have you been doing this for now? It's been about six years. Wow. I didn't know this has been around for six years. You are blowing my freaking mind. (laughs) That's cool. Like, and that's the sad thing. There's so many different modalities and things out there for people to get the help that you need. And people don't know they exist. I can't tell you how many survivors I've had on my show that thought that not only they were alone, it's just them that are going through this. But also that there was nothing out there to help them. They had nothing. And it's like, no, there's so much out there. I don't know where I'd be. I honestly don't. I have thought about that and I had to stop. (laughs) (laughs) It would have been a very dark place if I didn't know that I could start healing it. Yeah. And once you get too far in that dark place, it's really hard to even want to look for the light. Yeah. And, you know, and I love being a part of the advocacy groups and speaking with women who are trying to get through this, but there are so many days where I just, I don't, I just can't get into it. I can't be a part of it because sometimes the reminder can be um, troubling, you know, and it can be triggering for people. So 
it's really important not to stay in that as much as you can. Try to stay in more positive things. Direct more of your time into positive things. I'm not saying don't be a part of it, but make sure that you're not spending so much of your time in those low vibration things that got you there or else it's going to be a lot harder to climb out. You have to come up for air. Put the mask on yourself. Do the self-love. Do the self-healing so that you can lift your, you know, lift someone up out of there and be a be a helper for them. Because yeah, we can't just stay stuck in that. Because you can also become um, what's it, like a victim mentality, where you're just always a victim. And what does that vibration do? It attracts more of it. I didn't know why I kept winding up in those abusive relationships. I had a victim mentality, and I never had it healed. So I kept going from one to another attracting. And it, well, I'm not saying it was my fault. So nobody thinks that's wrong. Don't get mad. I know people say it. it wasn't your fault. You got in it. But sometimes we can get in this low vibration thought where we kind of feel like maybe I don't deserve any better. Or something, some thought pattern belief in our history has is a reason why we're kind of there and we're, we haven't gotten out yet. And we haven't set the healthy boundaries. And we haven't realized that we need to love ourselves more if we did love ourselves more, we would put those healthy boundaries and say, this is not acceptable for me or my kids. And unfortunately, it took me having to see this happen to my son. And it finally was like, I love my son. I'm getting out. And then I had to learn that we have to love ourselves. We really do. We have to love ourselves like we do our children and like we are as protectors and say, I don't deserve this. Nobody deserves this and say enough is enough and and start healing that vibration will change. And then you'll notice you'll start attracting higher like-minded people. Now I'm married the last two years to love of my life. This man wouldn't even hurt a fly. I'm like, it's like, he's, he's like a big old teddy bear, the most loving, kind person. I'm like, how did I not know you were out there? Like, though they weren't in my energy field. I wasn't attracting that because I, I needed to do the healing first and start loving myself. And then I attracted the man who loved me. Like I, you know, and it all worked out. He's, he's amazing and so supportive. And it shocks me. He brought me a cup of tea one time we were first dating and I started crying. He's like, what is wrong woman? I'm like, <laughs> this. he's like, I've never brought anybody tea and seen him cry before. I'm like, like, where did you come from? <laughs> Silly little thing. Uh, well, it's the little things that matter. That's what people don't understand. It's like, you don't have to pull up with a Corvette with a freaking bow on it. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm not asking for that. I'm asking for even a compliment, something, something nice, something sweet, something genuine, not trying to buy my love. Right. Just real shit. We want real shit. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We deserve it, damn it. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Hell yeah. But you're so right. Like, self love has to come first because if you don't love yourself, nobody else can love you. It, it's just, it's not going to happen. Not the way you want it to, at least. I mean, I know. That has to come first. And we had it so backwards. And, and here I, I was raised, you know, in a Christian home, Christian family with these biblical beliefs. And I remember like, it doesn't it say love others as yourself, as yourself. Doesn't it say as yourself? How can we forget this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, we also have, well, in the commandments, thou, not sh- thou shall not kill. People don't listen to that one either. <laughs> and you can kill them with your words and not even realize it. <laughs> Pulling them down. Absolutely. For sure. Well, this is very inspiring. Oh my God. I really honestly did not know that there was something like that deep. And so I thought EMDR was amazing. And then you got like RTT, which is very interesting with the tapping. And there's so many different things out there. Did you try other things before you got to your your sweet spot? I didn't try those things before. First thing that introduced me was reading that book, The Emotion Code. And then I started seeing the other things, the other healing modalities. It started opening the whole new a whole new way of life for me. I was like, wow, there's so many things I want to do too. I want to become a practitioner and like all the things. Like, I want to do all these things. <laughs> so 
Thanks. No, for sure. It would be really cool. I actually, so I started a nonprofit called the Crime Connection. And what that is designed to do is match survivors with modalities that can help them heal. And the goal is it's still like startup-ish. It just got it this year. So, you know, but um, is to have at least their first session at no cost to them. Make sure it's something they like, something that fits, something they're willing to do put in the work and then they can take on from there. But it's just so important for people to try, just try. Yes. Reach out and, and reach out to me too. And I'll be happy to show you everything about it and give you a free session. (laughs) So if you're really in pain and you cannot afford it, do not think, do not let that block you from coming for a session because I'll be happy to help you out. I know what it's like. I've been there. And it's not easy in the beginning. No, for sure. I mean, uh, yeah, I dated two narcissists as well. They were quite different, but they had also a lot of similarities. But if this stuff would have been around back then, I I know. Lord, it's like. And you know what's weird is now if I'm around somebody and I've learned about energy fields, I can feel it on their energy. If I'm around them, like my husband and I were around one of his friends. <laughs> I'm not going to say his name. <laughs> when we went back from dinner with him, I was like, uh-uh, that guy's a complete narcissist. You want to know why he can't find a woman? <laughs> he's like, he's like, I'm like, I, yeah, I pick up energy like big time. I know what it's like now. It's like, it's like I didn't even know that. Like, uh, I know. <laughs> we can pick it up. It's like I get this nervous feeling in my stomach. I, that's the first feeling I had when I first met this last one, I had a stomach ache and I started going, why am I, my stomach hurting? It was my body telling me and I didn't listen to it. If you listen to your body and you get really in tune with yourself, your body's going to tell you when something's off. Oprah Winfrey did a show about that one time and it was fascinating. She said um, she had a crime expert on there who said that most women who, who have been attacked or raped, whatever, they had a gut instinct or a feeling that they ignored. And like, we all have it. We have that internal intuition. If we just listen to it, you know, like somebody came up and said, well, you carry these groceries and she was attacked, but she had this feeling like maybe I shouldn't, but we have, oh, but we were raised to be nice and kind to strangers. And we let that override our gut instinct, you know, and and then we wind up getting hurt. And it's like, but you're, yeah, if we would have just listened to that. So now it's like, I try to teach my daughter this. I tell her this all the time. You listen to your inner voice. It's there for a reason. Whatever you call that, God, Holy Spirit, angels, inner voice, you need to listen to it because it's here to protect you. And those instincts are, we're born with those, but we are taught throughout our lives to ignore them. It's so sad. And I'm like, you need to listen to this first. I don't care what somebody else tells you. If your gut instinct tells you something's off, honey, you listen to it. You run, you scream, you get help, whatever. And I'm not raising her in fear. I'm just raising her with some truth so she can protect herself. I don't want her seeing her be a victim anymore. And I make sure I don't call myself a victim. I'm a thriver. (laughs) Victim's not a good word to label ourselves with. (laughs) I have never labeled myself as a victim. I just went from honestly not even knowing I was one to saying I was a survivor because we also can't be so hard on ourselves because when we rewind back to then, we didn't know these things like financial abuse. I didn't know that was a fucking thing. And then what did you know? Twice. And I still didn't know while I was going through it until after when it became a thing, you you know, unfortunately, we were so behind yeah. what where we should have been, and we didn't have the tools and the resources to deal with it like we do today. And then we carry around the guilt, and, and guilt does not serve anybody. My husband's always says these little things, and he's like, I learned it in guy school. It's this little joke. We, well, they teach that to us in guy school, and, and I'm like, you know, there needs to be a, a girl school. <laughs> When did you be taught when we're kids? Like, like the girls, we learned how to really watch out for the troublemakers and stuff like this. Like, come up right? Like, maybe there could be an after-school program. 
Come here, little ones. I have some stories to tell. <laughs> Absolutely. No, I mean, that's so, and another big one that, I mean, I've said it on this podcast, I can't even tell you how many times, like, Disney lied to us all. Like, we all thought we were supposed to grow up in a freaking castle. I mean, you lose a shoe, you get it back, buy a prince, (laughs) you know, you're in a coma, you're going to wake up when you get kissed, you know, like, these were the things we were ready for. And instead, it was like, I want to say more Aladdin, but shit, she was even a princess living in a castle. We're lying to Yes. We had these expectations growing up, but they weren't realistic. I think that's where a lot of girls kind of go wrong because we are chasing what we think we're supposed to have. That's what to look like. Exactly. And it can be different for everybody. It's teach our kids, you know, listen to your inner voice and your the beauty they're looking for can be so different than what someone else's beauty is. And, and if they don't want to go to college, they don't want to do this, like listen to your heart and follow that more. There'd be so much more peace, so much more peace in their lives. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> I was thinking of like when I was a kid on the playground, I don't remember how many times I heard, oh, that kid's just picking on you because he likes you. (laughs) You Yep. Have you ever seen He's Just Not That Into You? The movie? Yeah. (laughs) The beginning of that movie blew my freaking mind because it takes you down. I mean, you even have all nationalities, different countries, and we're all doing the same damn thing. Well, maybe he lost his phone. I don't know why he didn't call you. Maybe <laughs> it got wet and, you know, he had to put it in some rice for a week. You don't know. Like the- excuses. <laughs> yes. Now, it's all good. Exactly. It's like, well, maybe he just doesn't like you. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he's doing you a favor. So it's like, but we're so determined to like find out why. And like, <laughs> does it really matter? <laughs> and now we can laugh about it. But this stuff is like, it wrecks lives. <laughs> it's like, dang. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think it's important, though to laugh about it now because you know we are we're past it and we can look at it and be like oh you (laughs) dum-dum you know but we've gotten to a point where we can and I think that's important it's growth right there it's true I heard somebody I listen to um podcasts all the time um with people who try to share healing techniques and I remember one of them saying that Sometimes you can go back to a trauma in your life and you can laugh about it. And what it does, he said, it changes the chemicals around that area and that trauma in your body. It kind of sends those healing chemicals to it. So now when you think about that event, it's not as traumatizing to your body and your system anymore. Because now you've kind of let that go and let it heal with the healing chemicals of laughter and love. And it's wow. That's pretty deep. <laughs> when we can get to that place. <laughs> no, I totally I get that. Because it's releasing a completely different endorphin than the fear is. And you know, when you shut down, now we're like, listen to what I did. And you know, <laughs> being able to sit and joke, it just I feel like yeah. it flushes it. Yeah. We're being authentic with ourselves and exactly ourselves. Yeah. We're all gonna make mistakes. We're all gonna do dumb shit. Yeah, that's that's what we do. That's what life's about. We're here to learn some lessons, <laughs> I think, and we can make a better decision the next time it comes up. <laughs> yes, I had the test come along after my divorce. I was like, "Am I gonna fall for that again?" No, <laughs> I've done. I've already done it enough. I'm not doing this again. Right. But how cautious were you with your now new husband? You probably watched him from the corner of your eye like a hulk. Yeah, he has some tests to pass. <laughs> it's like, 
Oh, I was like, okay, I'm not going to compare you to anybody, but um, I have some questions you asked before we move forward. <laughs> He's like, I kind of knew this was coming. I was like, <laughs> there's nothing like, wrong with that. Nothing yeah. wrong with that. We were so completely honest with each other. And I've never met anybody so authentic. Like he, he says things that I'm like, sometimes, you know, you didn't have to tell me that much. You could have kept that. <laughs> he does not lie. <laughs> it's so weird. I've never met a man who does not lie. He does not lie. It's like, okay, seriously, you didn't have to tell me that. <laughs> That's good though. That's special. Yeah, at least I know for sure I can trust him. I could totally trust him. <laughs> That's so different too. So much the opposite of what I've ever dealt with. Like, wow. It's kind of wild being with somebody that you feel like is uh, on your side all the time. You're a real partner and supportive of what you do. And you're out with him with other people. And he's sitting here chatting you up and talking you up to people instead of talking down about you. And I think... Whoa, where have you been on my life? <laughs> right, or getting mad that you're talking to other people and ignoring them, or I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's like, Go be yourself, do your thing. I want you to shine. Maybe wear this dress and heels if you want, this is get all sparkly, whatever. <laughs> he's totally completely fine with all of it. I'm like, This is so weird. <laughs> so- it's uncomfortable at first, isn't it? because you're like waiting for something like mm, uh, this doesn't sit right with me (laughs) it's so sad but when you haven't had that of course your spidey senses are gonna be like "Eh? come on because i mean let's be honest they all start amazing it's when you get into it i like to say once you're in for about two to three months is when their representative goes away. Yeah. Because when you meet them, they are trying to figure out exactly what you want so they can be that person. And then a few months in, they're like, you know what? I don't have to play anymore. And then the real them slowly starts to come out. So true. So true. And and we get used to seeing those games that it's really hard when somebody authentic comes along and they're like, and he was like, gosh, that's so true about the nice guys finish last. And I'm like, I don't know why. We were just mesmerized by the, the Beauty and the Beast thing and the, the princess thing. When they came on with all the charms, we fell for it. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I don't know what to say. <laughs> they made it look so good. And then it all fell apart. <laughs> oh, yeah. By chapter two, things were not the same. <laughs> I mean, these are growing pains. That's what is called life. You got to go through it. You got to feel it. You want to heal it. And so important that you do, though. Do you have a website people can go to if they're interested in connecting? Yeah. um, LighthouseEnergyHealing.com. I don't know. I've always loved lighthouses. I know it's weird, but I love lighthouses. Since I was a little girl, like, the whole thing about shining the light in the dark, you know. Yeah, no, I love that. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, light lighthouses are very important. They show the way. Yeah. And <laughs> they're the brightest thing in the sky. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. I do too. What is the name of that app? I have to have that. It's on my website too. They could go there. It's a, the company is by Solex. And if you want to check out the app, you can go to my website and check it out and download it there. It does have a subscription fee and you can get, and also I get referrals, you know, so if you, re, um, if you get the app, then I get like a percentage of whatever you pay for your subscription. So that's kind of cool too. It helps my business. And if you want to do that yourself, you can share it with your friends and family and they'll send you a portion of whatever, you know, if you share the link with others. But um, what I do is I have a team of people that I work with. So if they get involved and download the app, they can also come into like our Facebook groups and we tell them more about it, how they can use it for themselves, their pets and how to do the scans because there's like a little learning curve. So we just kind of hold your hand through it. So we can teach you how to use it all and um, show you everything it can do. And 
and help you get the fullest potential out of it. Because there's so much that it can do. If I told you all of it, it would probably be a little overwhelming. (laughs) It does a lot. It does. You said pets. This works on pets. Yep. You can scan your pets. And my little dog got hurt a couple months ago. We went out of town. We didn't know what was wrong. We came back. And she like a limping. And I thought it was like a sticker, you know, in her paw. But there was nothing there. And she was limping the next day. And I'm like, okay, something's going on. Oh, why don't I scan her? So I put her little profile in the scanner. And I scanned her. And it said there was something going on with her ligament. So it needed some frequencies broadcast to her. And still in my mind, I'm like, I got to take her to the vet, you know? So I took her to the vet and I think it was like $300 later, they told me the same thing. It was her ligament. So he gave me some medicine to give her and all this stuff. And he's like, if she's not better in a week, we might have to do surgery. He's like, just give her this full dose, seven days, you know, and, and the inflammation will probably start going down. But if not, you might have to bring her back. It didn't sound very hopeful. I was like, dang it. So I took her home and I had given her like a little bit of the Tylenol stuff they gave us and started running frequencies to her. And she was in her little kennel with her baby. She has a little baby girl too. And they were sleeping together. The next morning I opened the kennel up and they just come bouncing out. She wasn't limping anything. It was completely gone. Like, whoa. Like I just had broadcast frequencies to her all night long for pain and for ligament support and inflammation. And she came out and was just like a new dog. I'm like, okay. So <laughs> there's some really cool stories. Um, there was one guy that works with a company had adopted a dog that had been abused. And one of its eyes needed to be replaced or had lost sight in it. And it was coming out and he'd taken it to the vet. And they were like, we're going to have to remove the eye because it's an, an unattached retina. I think that's what they say. And he said, okay. So they set up the surgery. He went home with the dog. He said, you know, I'm going to try something. He started sending frequencies to the dog for eyes and eye health and inflammation and stuff. He went back for the surgery and he's like, you know, I just want to, can you just run the test one more time before we take the eye? I've been doing something kind of funny, you know, at home. And I want to just test it. That it took a while before the veterinarian came back out. He's like, I just want to be sure. He said, I ran the test three times. This dog's retina is reattached. And he's like, I don't know what you did. I don't know how you did it, but I'm not going to take that dog's eye. And he's like, this is unbelievable. So he said, I was sending frequencies to it. So now the vet's got the app. <laughs> Everybody. Oh my God. That is amazing. <laughs> yeah. And one of our friends had a, um, she had a lump on her breast and she didn't have a test yet, but she had a lump and she was like, it wasn't going away. She didn't know why she took her ring off and imprinted frequencies in her ring. This is before she got the app. Somebody was showing it to her and said, just put your ring on here and I'm going to imprint frequencies for like cysts, for tumors, for cancer, whatever. You know, he just put all these frequencies in the ring. She was wearing it. And two days later, she noticed the lump was gone just by wearing the ring that had the frequencies imprinted into it. Because, you know, frequencies can be picked up anywhere and in things. So just having that frequency in a ring all the time was fixing whatever was going on. So yeah. There's so many stories like that. If you get in a group, though, you'll see all the stories of people with their stories of what's happened and abundance. Abundance is a frequency. So you can run abundance frequencies to yourself, too. We have amazing testimonies about that. Like, yeah, it's cool. There's so much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know where I'm going after we're done. <laughs> For real. <laughs> I like abundance. I do too. <laughs> I receive it. <laughs> Always receiving. <laughs> I accept. <laughs> yes. Was there anything else that you wanted to add? If anybody's in a dark place and they're they're needing some he- some healing or dealing with PTSD, I have completely healed myself from PTSD using energy and frequency healing, and I'm very happy to help. If anybody needs some help in that area, please let me know. You should not stay in a place like that. You have to know there's help out there. Absolutely. I'll make sure I also put your links in the show notes. So thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) Yeah, no problem. We're all in this together. This is what it's about healing and helping others heal. 
It's the only way we're going to make this world somewhat of a better place. The more people we can get on board with just fixing themselves. And it's I okay think to admit like, you need fixing. It's okay. Absolutely. I had to do a lot of fixing and correcting, correcting my course. Yeah. I really do think we're on the right path. We, there was, there's now the exposure, the talk, and now like the correction. We're getting it corrected. <laughs> so. Exact baby steps. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. All right. And that is going to wrap up this episode. Seriously, you guys, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for listening. It means a lot to me. I think we can all agree that we probably have that one friend that really needs to hear this message. So make sure that you share it with them. If you want to get more of me, hey, make sure that you are subscribed to my YouTube channel. You can also find me on Instagram, TikTok. And I want to know, has one of my episodes made an impact on you in any way? Like, for real, I really want to know. So if so, go to my website, truecrimeconnections.com, or you can email me, podcast at truecrimeconnections.com. I want to talk to you guys. Come talk to me. Let's do the damn thing. (laughs) Keep finding hope and building strength. Until next time.